Hey, what's going on, everybody? Like, thank you all for tuning into the show. As always, I got my crew with me, Darnell and Tyler. I'm Trey, and we are coming your way with the 97th edition of the Don't Kill the Messengers podcast. Start the show off for this week. We're about to get into some UFC. Uh, before we get into the pay per view, it's going on this Saturday. Uh, just got to talk about my man Vitor. Uh, had to be a little disappointing for him, man, with the whole uh, planning on having this whole retirement fight, uh, but it didn't go down. Um, just due to his opponent. Um, but Darnell, man, just what are your thoughts on my man, uh, Vitor and his whole, uh, career? MMA? Uh, I mean, I think it's safe to say he's one of the more polarizing figures in MMA history. Uh, he's definitely, he, he's a, he's a mainstay. You, you can't go through UFC slash MMA history without covering the guy. Uh, breaking onto the scene as like a 19-year-old destroying people, uh, which is basically why they called him the Phenom when yeah. he came in, uh, because he was just being that young and <clears throat> and so talented. Yeah. But then, of course, there's a flip side with the uh, TRT performance and en- yeah. yeah performance enhancing history uh, with him. You know. <laughs> Once he got into the later stages of uh, his career, you know, being a forty-year-old walking around with the body of a twenty-five-year-old yeah. stuff that he he turned some fans on him that way, uh, and you know, shed some bad light on the UFC in my opinion because they could pretty much only book him for fights in Brazil because pretty much he would get popped anywhere else uh, up until they got more stringent with their testing. Yeah. But I mean, he at his peak he's he he's a legend. At his peak he's one of the best to ever do it. Uh <laughs> it's just the way his career slid at the end. Uh it, it's a little bit sad to me, I guess. Yeah. You know, I I can definitely agree, man, just with how he was just so dominant coming in, doing this thing with pride and then uh, having a good career in the UFC as well, man. Uh, like you said, very polarizing, a very entertaining guy to watch in the UFC. Um, but you brought it up too, man, with the whole TRT performance and ass and drugs issue. Um, you know, that's something that's going to be frowned upon, you know, especially in a fight game, man. Um, when you're going to go up in a fight, man, and like I said, Time and time and again, you know, you take one punch, one kick or whatever, man, that could change your life uh, forever. So, um, like I said, very just fun and entertaining just to watch that guy in the ring. But, you know, the whole TRT performance enhancing drugs issue, uh, you know, it's going to be sticking with him uh, for the rest of his life. Um, Just what he would have been able to bring to the table. Um, I would have been it would have been interesting to see what he would have been able to bring to the table. Um, just without doing that type of stuff. Um, because like I say, you know, he was a very talented fighter, but hey, it's going to be looked frowned upon. Um, just with him and his like legacy. Yeah. Um, you have like any issue? I know he's kind of beefing with, uh, Dana White right now. Um, you know, I guess Dana White didn't want to pay him, um, for, uh, the fight that was supposed to happen or anything like you had like an issue with that at all or anything. I guess I won't, I can't have an issue with it until I know the whole story, which we'll probably never get because, you know, Dana's not, he's known to fudge the truth on issues to make him and the UFC look better. And, you know, Vitor is not a saint on his own as well, as far as, being upfront about things. Yeah. So from what I've seen, I mean, if, if Dana says he ducked, uh, well, he, he refused replacement fights. If that was the case, I guess I understand them not paying him. But yeah. if that's BS and just something that Dana is throwing at the wall and hoping that it'll stick with the fans, which is definitely possible. I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah. Then I guess I would be siding with Vitor paid a man. If he was, he was ready to fight. It wasn't his fault that, the fight didn't happen. Yeah. But uh if they had a ready readily available replacement and he said no, then 
there's reasons to do that. You haven't prepared for this fighter that you, I mean, you, he had a, a training camp for a certain fighter and to try to throw somebody on the day of, I can understand that as well. Uh, it's, those are complicated issues. I understand from the business side, they don't want to pay somebody that's not working, but yeah, uh, this is a man that for like him or hate him, he's, he's made the UFC a lot of money. So yeah. I think he he would be one of the fighters that probably kind of earned just giving him the check if somebody pulled out on him. Yeah. Yeah, definitely what you're saying. Uh, this was what I was hearing so far. Um, I guess Vitor was trying to get uh, Bisping to uh, accept a fight with him or whatever. Bisping turned it down, um, too. So I guess he kind of had an issue with Bisping as well. But, um, yeah, like I said, I just like to hear more, um, you know, about the story coming out. If it does come out, um, I think this was his last fight. Um, it was supposed to be his last fight, but he didn't end up fighting. So I don't think really Dana has really a re- much of a reason to kind of go back and forth with the guy if his career is basically over. So, mm. yeah. Now, got to talk about the fight that we had last week real quick. Uh, you put me on Choi, man. Uh, he fought Stevens, and Stevens was able to get the win over him. Uh, just what were your thoughts on that fight? Surprising. I mean, Jeremy Stevens has been on a little bit of a, a run as of late, kind of a resurgent, uh, resurgence in his career. Yeah. Uh, and 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 kind of a little diamond in the rough that the UFC has been building up. Uh, he's an exciting fighter. Uh, pretty much had to fight a year with Cub Swanson. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, them's a breaks MMA. You go up against a guy that has that, that one punch knockout power, things can happen. And yeah. he got, he got knocked out. Uh, yeah. Not much you can do about it, but, uh, I don't think it, it derails him totally. Uh, Kid's fun to watch as long as he can kind of still get a young guy together. too. So yeah, still got a lot to learn and put things together. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I I was pulling for him, man, but um, you know, I I was kind of shocked that he lost that one. But you know, you can't count uh, Jeremy Stevens out. Uh, has hell of experience in that octagon and uh, can be able to pull a win out uh, no matter what. So you know, like I said, uh, shocked that he uh, lost, but you know, like I said, he's a young guy, still has a lot to learn. Um, when it comes to being in an octagon and getting a lot of experience. So still needs to get a couple of more fights under his belt and everything like that, just so uh, he could be more adapted and everything in the ring. But um, still looking forward to see some more out of the guys because uh, he's definitely fun to watch in there. Now up next, um, we also got news that Whitaker, uh, he was withdrawing from 221. Um Kind of division's kind of been a little bit of shambles, uh, somewhat. You know, he had GSP uh, winning. He had to um, pull out due to uh, issues with his health. And then Whitaker, you know, he's pulling out of the fight, too. So um, just what do you think about the whole Whitaker situation and uh, Romero taking a spot? I mean, a fun fighter to take a spot. At least they uh quickly taking care of somebody else that people will want to watch feel bad for Whitaker because i mean this was a fight in his homeland uh that's right yeah Yeah, have have the crowd behind him so i feel bad for him there but you know the doctors don't clear you you got to do what you got to do uh you you hope in some instances that these leagues are really uh out for the health of their uh employees or fighters or players whatever you want to say yeah. Um, I just hope he heals up and can get back to 100% because he's, he's a fun guy to watch. And, you know, he, he's a highlight reel for knockouts and stuff like that. So, you know, hope he gets back soon so he can defend that belt. Yeah. You know, I feel the exact same way. Um, guy was just fun. I didn't really know that much about the guy um, until like about a year or so ago, but when I saw him in the uh, octagon, man, the dude was just an absolute joy to watch. So looking forward to see uh, how he can bounce back from the injury and get back in there. Um, it was good for Romero, man, because I like the guy um, up there in age. So this would be a good chance for him to uh, redeem himself because, honestly, when he fought Whitaker, I felt as if he should have won that fight. I thought he felt stupid, uh, not, uh, fought stupid um, in that fight. You know, Whitaker had, if you recall, uh, he basically had a, 
torn leg in the fight and he didn't attack the leg at all. So uh, this would be one of his chances to go up in there and uh, just redeem himself and see if he can uh, win the belt. So. Okay, now we're about to touch right into the pay-per-view UFC 220 uh, that's happening this Saturday. Um, I'm going to go right into the co-main event with Cormier versus Ozdemir. Um, what are your thoughts about this fight, man? We got two uh, amazing fights uh, to for the, co- for the co-main event and the uh, main event. So, uh, but like I said, Cormier versus Ozdemir, this is going to be a good one, man. What are your thoughts on it? Uh, I mean, this one's... I'm interested to see how Cormier looks in this fight because you know he didn't seem to be in mentally a great place after his last fight which was taking another L to John Jones yeah uh, I want to see if he has cleared that mental hurdle hurdle of basically he defeated and having to accept the fact that Jones is his better uh even though it, it turned out to be overthrown and reversed due to uh, the drug tests and everything, uh, I still think there might be something mentally going there, a block that he's going to have to push through. Yeah. Uh, as talented as he is, the, the mind can, can be a great equalizer uh, yeah. as far as talented individuals go. And Ozdemir is, is a game opponent. Uh, well-rounded. He can put somebody down quickly. Uh, so this is not somebody that Cormier can walk in and play with. As good as he is, this is this is not that type of fighter. He he can end something quickly. So I'm definitely interested in this. Just mainly just to see. Uh, Cormier is usually a very mentally strong fighter, so I want to see if if it's still there. Yeah. You think Ozemir, um, after Jones, you think he's possibly uh, Cormier's toughest opponent? Uh, I mean, he could be. Uh, Like I said, I think it's more so situational. Like if if this fight was to happen before he fought Jones a second time, I don't think I would be nearly as worried about it as I am right now. Yeah. Like Ozemir is good. Yeah. Yeah. So like I'm not trying to downplay him or anything like that but i just think the mental side is i i have questions yeah but, but if on paper if everything is right uh, i'm i would still be pretty confident in cormier winning this fight okay yeah uh you know you yeah you brought up a whole good point just with him uh mentally how he's doing man um just with ozamir you know that's a guy man i don't care how much he might be down on the card, man. It, all it takes is one good punch from that guy, and it's lights out. So, um, yeah, just would like to just see, you know, how uh, DC would be able to um, just go in there and possibly take some punches from anything, see if he can get him on his back and everything like that. Because um, Jones was doing a pretty good job uh, when he fought Jones. Uh, Jones was doing a pretty good job of shutting down those takedowns and stuff. Uh, when he was fighting him and everything. So just, yeah, man, just the mental hump uh, that he's going to have to get over for this fight, man. It's going to be interesting to see just to be where he'd be at mentally in this fight. Yeah. Now, do you you still have him winning, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I got too much respect for Cormier to pick against him. Yeah. Uh, I, I, like I said, I think he's one of the most mentally tough fighters in the UFC, so based on that and just how skilled he is, I'm still going to roll with Cormier. Yeah. You know, I, I agree, man. I think, uh, like you said, on paper, I think DC uh, should be able to handle this fight, man. Just, just going to see where he's going to be at mentally uh, with the whole Jones issue and everything. Uh, but the guy's absolutely amazing, man. has great power, can wrestle. Uh, he can do it all in the um, octagon, man. I said before a while ago, um, you know, right now with Jones, uh, you know, he's had his whole issues with the drugs and everything. But uh, with Jones beating him and everything, a lot of people look at Jones as that guy. But um think DC's going to be a very overlooked uh, guy in this era, um, in particular when Jones was fighting. So um, the guy can bring it. I think he's going to be able to uh, bring it and get a W. Yeah. You, you think... Uh, you think a finish, or you think uh, it's just going to go to distance, or what? Uh, 
if Cormier is on his game, I, I would say probably a third or fourth round finish. Okay. Let's see that. All right. Now, uh, just after that, man, say if, if Cormier was to pull this um, off, um, is there anybody else uh, next you would like to see him fight? If you have in mind. I, I guess not really. <laughs> I feel the same way, man. I, <laughs> yeah. It's just, yeah, it, that that division needs some some new life. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. So I feel the exact same way, man. After uh, Jones, uh, his fight with Jones, yeah, I really don't see anybody else. I don't really don't have anybody else in mind uh, for him to possibly fight, man. So... Be interesting to see what Dana can pull out. But all right, to uh, top this off, we got uh, Francis Ngannou versus Stipe Miocic. Uh, this is going to be a, an amazing fight, man. Better keep your eyes glued to the TV uh, for sure. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts on this one? Uh, I mean, it's, I find this one like similar to. Uh, the previous fight we we spoke about with Cormier, uh, it's not not for the same reasons. I think Stipe is mentally on top of his game, and he's been great lately. But he's also fighting a guy where if he's not a hundred percent zoned in, he could be winning the fight. Like you were saying earlier, he could be up four rounds, and we're in the fifth. If you let that one punch sleep, sneak in. It, course of the fight can change yeah so i mean this is one where he's fighting somebody very dangerous and and gano is a walking one hitter quitter yeah so this one's probably going to have some fireworks stipe's uh boxing game has been improving and has been solid but like i said he he's got to keep his head on a swivel because francis if if he touches that chin this it's over yeah this is this is a fight man i'm uh i'm i just i have a tough time you know picking a winner uh between us because i feel like francis um you know he's a very talented fighter but i still think people still need to uh just see more of him i don't think a lot of people really got a good glimpse of him yet uh to me especially it just seemed like he just came out of nowhere man like i was telling you uh when he fought um we was getting ready to fight my man Overeem in Detroit. Uh, when I first saw Overeem uh, was going to end up fighting him, I was like, man, who the hell is this guy? And uh, quickly he showed me who the hell he was. But, um, yeah, you know, I just feel like, you know, he's still just a guy that, like, a lot of people don't really know much about uh, that could really be this chance to really make his splash um, in the UFC. So, um a little bit nervous for him, man, because I kind of feel as if he kind of took this fight uh, a little bit too quick. Um, you know, obviously, you know, he did his thing against Overeem, probably one of the greatest knockouts in the history of the UFC. But when you're going up against the heavyweight champ, man, I think you should really just take your time and have a, like a nice long camp to make sure uh, that you're fully prepared and everything like that. Because Stipe, like you said, man, dude's a beast. His boxing game's been improving. Uh, he's a great wrestler. So hopefully he just, uh, you know, Francis just took, uh, didn't let things just get to his head, wasn't feeling himself a little bit too much. Um, right now we'll be able to just go in there and just utilize his uh, talents and gets a great fighter uh, like Stipe. So, but yeah, this is just tough, man, for me because I don't know. Um, but yeah, who you got, man? I got Stipe, but I'm rooting for Francis. You got, <laughs> I'm man. I feel, oh my goodness. Like I said, this is tough for me, man. Um, I think I'm going to go, I'm going to pull with Francis, man. I think he's going to end up catching him. Um, but yeah, like on paper, it would look like Stipe will win this fight, man. Just like he's very talented, man. It seems like he's getting better and better after um, each fight. But yeah, I think I'm going to pull with Francis, man. Like all it takes is one good punch, um, especially in that heavyweight division. I think he's going to land a good one on him. So I got Francis. Very possible. Yeah. Like I said, I think this might be the step up in competition that he might not be quite ready for. Uh, like I said, I'm rooting for him. I like him. I like watching him fight. If he can pull this one off, then I'll yeah. be happy. But 
just as of right now, I think kind of like you say, he, 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 he struck while the iron was hot. So I have no issue with him taking this fight. Yeah. It's going to be a huge payday for him. So it'll be good for him and his family. Uh, but yeah, it might be a little too much too fast for him. Yeah. Especially just like looking at it too, man, with, um, Overeem, you know, he's my guy, but, um, his last, uh, couple of fights man i've been very disappointed in his performance so could possibly be him sizzling out um because you know i wasn't a fan of him he was starting to really counter punch and everything like that i wasn't a fan with how he was just counter punching and everything like that so um could have been yeah exactly i'm striking while it was hot so just have to see all right now uh you have anything else to add for the ufc oh but exciting uh, especially the top of that car coming up is exciting. So, yeah, everybody watch out for it. For sure. All right, up next, we're about to switch things over to some NBA. Uh, got to start this off talking about Isaiah Thomas with this whole ceremony and uh, jersey raising issue with that, uh, that Paul Pierce is having. Uh, I guess Paul Pierce was kind of disappointed that Isaiah Thomas was going to kind of a little ceremony devoted to him uh, for them to honor him playing in Boston Celtics. But I guess uh, I just read that Isaiah Thomas decided that he didn't want to have a tribute for him uh, just due to the whole uh, Paul Pierce having his jersey raised and everything. Um, but what do you guys think about this whole issue? You guys think Paul Pierce was being petty um, or what? How do, how do you guys feel about it? You want anti or you want me to go? Uh, that, I, I guess I'll start here. I mean, I, I'm kind of with Paul Pierce. I wouldn't say he's petty, but I mean, yeah, Isaiah Thomas, good player, but what has he really done for your franchise? Uh, he hasn't exactly given you a title. He hasn't, you know, been a Hall of Fame type player, historic or anything like that. So why they would, I mean, a standing O, I get it, a IT chant or something, but to actually have some sort of a ceremony for him, I, th- I think that's a little over the top. Yeah, <clears throat> this whole situation just bothers I mean, I, Paul Pierce, is he being a little bit petty? Yeah. Do I understand it? Yeah. It's supposed to be his night. It was scheduled to be his night. As far as IT goes, I one, you played with the Celtics for three years. Yeah. So really why do you like it's not it was nice enough that they offered to do this video package for you. He made them push it off because he wasn't playing the last game they played in Boston. If if I was uh, Danny Ainge or whoever else from the Celtics organization that dealt with him, it was like, look, we're going to play this now or it's not getting played. We, we, we're trying to reach out and show that we we, we appreciate what you did for our franchise. Uh, but he wanted to try to still strong arm it and have it on a game when he's playing and all of this kind of stuff. The Celtics let it get, get this out of hand. It nipped us in the bud. What was it three, four weeks ago when mm-hmm. when the when the Cavs were in Boston the first time? Uh, I'd have been like, "Sorry, it that you're not playing. That's not my call. That's your coach's call because you you were cleared even to play. So we're bad. If you want this video play, we'll play it for you tonight. But we have Paul Pierce's uh, retirement ceremony. You know, a guy that won us a championship." And we drafted him. He pretty much played his whole career of formative years for us. You know, like th- this is the type of guy we have to look out for first. So mm-hmm. I just I think the situation is dumb and could have been avoided. Yeah. Let me say this. Um, you know, I- I'm going to put the whole blame um, on the Celtics uh, just to start this off. Um, I think it was really uh, their the people to blame for this, um, it's their organization. Uh, they should have handled that better. Um, just in terms of that, but, um, kind of a little bit disappointed in Paul Pierce with this whole thing. Um, me, I got the mentality, um, you know, I'm not a professional basketball player or anything like that, but I view the NBA just a business, you know, 
go in there, man. You busted your ass off, get your chips and dip, you know. Um, but with the whole Isaiah Thomas issue, you know, he played there. Uh, this is a guy I really like Isaiah Thomas, man. I think a lot of people, uh, just be a little bit too tough on a guy. Um, every single year, this guy just seems to bust his ass off and he seems to improve and get better. Um, especially with a guy with his size, I don't really think, you know, that's not really much more that you should expect from a guy like that. Uh, but he gave it his all when he was there with the Celtics. Got played when his uh, sister was killed in a car accident and everything like that. So if the Celtics wanted to uh, honor him and everything like that, I don't have a problem with it. But my whole thing with uh, the whole Paul Pierce thing is like, dude, you know, a lot of people, they're going to be there to celebrate you and everything that they did. They probably were going to have like what a 30 second tribute to Isaiah Thomas or whatever. And it was going to be you the whole night. Like if it was me, I wouldn't have cared at all. But like, you know, I, like I said, I'm not a, you know, professional basketball player or anything like that. I didn't put in, 20 plus years or whatever with the Celtics or whatnot. But to me, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't really find it to be that big of an issue, but um, I will say this, uh, the whole thing uh, I will put on the Celtics though. Anything else I did that guys? No. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Just, Everybody needs to just calm down on it. Celtics, Paul Pierce. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I personally don't think he's being too petty, but he could, you know, like you said, Trey, it's his night, and everybody knows it. Yeah. So, but you know, it is what it is. I guess you know he still wants the attention and whatnot. So, yeah, you know, like I said. But all right. Um, up next, we gotta get into my man Kawhi Leonard. Um, been having troubles with his hamstring, I guess, man. Um, the Spurs said that he's going to be out indefinitely. They said that uh, one thing that kind of um, got me worried a little bit is they said that he does plan on returning this season. Um, you know, it was still a long season to play, but the fact that they had to just bring that up uh, just makes me worried about this guy's hamstring even more. Um, but, yeah, guys, just what are your whole thoughts on this whole Kawhi Leonard um, injury issue? I don't really know what to think about it, uh, but this it's not looking good. He already had to miss pretty much the first what, 15 games of the season, basically uh, trying to get better to get on the court. Now he's going to be out indefinitely again because, yeah. uh, you know, the Spurs' chances at making it deep uh, to try to make a run at a title pretty much hinges on him. Yeah. They they have some good players, but this is this is their guy. This is their top five player that they have. And you know, when Kawhi is healthy and on his game, he's he's a beast. Yeah. But if they're not gonna be able to have him at anywhere near hundred percent this year, this could be pretty much a lost season. Yeah. I mean, I I even think a you know, a not one hundred percent Kawhi Leonard still keeps San Antonio in in the top five. Um, you know, Kawhi Leonard might put him closer to eight. Um, you know, just kind of looking at the standings right now, they sit in third, half game in front of Minnesota, uh, four and a half in front of Oklahoma City at the five spot as of now. Um, I could see Oklahoma passing them if they're without Kawhi until March. Where's yeah, uh, I, how many games is Oklahoma uh, behind them? They're Somewhere? four and a half up at Oklahoma. Okay. okay. So, I mean, like, I, I could still see Oklahoma passing them if they're without Kawhi Leonard for two or three months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, it, it definitely hurts San Antonio, but in the same hand, if he does make it back and he does come back fully healthy, that can make them very dangerous, too, as a, as a lower seed. Yeah. Yeah, this is discouraging. Um, you know, obviously, uh, I don't care who you are, whether you're just a fan of the game or just on the Spurs roster or whatever. Uh, Kawhi is the guy you want to see on the court. Um, but one thing I will say, this this will give um, LaMarcus Aldridge some more time just to get his confidence up and everything like that to kind of get a more, more leadership role um, with this team. 
Um, even if Kawhi does come back and he's not really a hundred percent yet, um, you know, Lamarcus Aldridge can be the guy that can help take up the load off of Kawhi's shoulders and can help lead this team um, to a good little playoff run if they would need him to do that. So this would be a good opportunity for him to just work on his game and everything, just continue to get his confidence up because, as you guys know, last year uh, he was possibly wanting out um, of the Spurs um, until, I guess, him and Pops uh, got a good chance to get to know each other and just talk it over and everything like this. So could be a little uh, blessing to this guy for him to continue to help uh, rejuvenate his career after a disappointing season last year. So uh, that could be, kind of be a blessing for the Spurs um, and for the season. Yeah. All right, guys, anything else to add on Kawhi? Get well soon, man. Yeah. Yeah, as one of the better players, the NBA needs him. Yeah. All right, now we're about to get into this whole Houston Clippers uh, scuffle. Uh, I guess the police uh, had to get involved in everything with this uh, whole situation. Um, but, guys, what were your whole thoughts on that? Uh, I, was, I guess supposedly Chris Paul was leading uh, the team into, like, a secret tunnel or whatever to get to the locker room and whatnot. <laughs> like, it's this is, this is pretty crazy and funny, too. But, um, you know, what are you guys' thoughts on that? <laughs> I guess it just shows how deep of a rift there was last year uh, between Chris Paul and everybody else. It was always rumored that pretty much not too many people liked him by the end of the season uh, there. And pretty much shows he, you come back and pretty much nobody on the team is showing you any respect. Blake was in it talking trash all game. Austin Rivers isn't even playing and was on the sideline talking trash to him the whole time. Yeah. And, you know, you get to a point where, like you said, I, I, on one, one hand, I got to say, I think this this was kind of a good thing for Blake Griffin. I, I don't think I've seen him mm. that intense ever. Good point, yeah. Because, uh, I mean, he, he was balling. Uh, it was it was bad that he ended up getting thrown out of the game at the end, but I mean, yeah, he he was balling in people that try to throw the soft tag on him. He he was showing like you you go you only have so much you can say to me without uh, me stepping up and showing you. So yeah. that's that's about the one positive I'll give out of this. But but yeah, it got a little nuts where you got. You got Chris Paul leading three people through the back tunnel ways to sneak into a locker room to try to mm-hmm. get into people's faces. And and I have to say, you, you bringing you and three of your buddies into a locker room where the other team's whole team is there, you really you just wanted to show. Because if they, if they really would have swung, they would have got the brakes beaten off of them in there. Oh, yeah. And I think we all know that, but... But yeah, this this is just something that can't happen. And as far and for Chris Paul, who is the president of the Players Association, it's a real oh, yeah. bad look for him. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that comment. Uh, Chris Paul definitely did not paint a great picture for himself. But it's also a side of Chris Paul we've never really seen before either. So it's like, is this kind of a one-time thing? You know, did just you know, his emotion get the best of him or is this like actually who Chris Paul is and it's starting to come out. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a but, side to Chris Paul that that's come out a couple oh, times, but people give him a pass. I mean, but, going back to Georgia yeah. tech where he's, he, he, a couple times he hit people in nuts while playing and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. He, he yeah, has a little bit of a side to him. Was it Wake a, lot Forest, of it, a lot of it gets, or Wake Forest. Yeah, yeah, Wake Forest. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of it gets swept under the rug though. Um, but you know, uh, you know, j- just like you said, Darnell, if if he actually wanted to do something about it, he would he would have done it on the floor. Yeah. He wouldn't have done it in the locker room afterwards. I mean, it makes for a great story, though. <laughs> I mean, I, I remember reading the reports and you know, sneaking back tunnels, trying to get in the locker rooms, the whole thing. You you could make a you could almost make a movie out of it. <laughs> you know, yeah. it just seemed that that crazy but uh but yeah i mean i did like what you had to say about blake griffin this is one of the one of the first times we've seen blake griffin actually you know show that he's he's not going to be messed with yeah 
Uh, yeah, like I, like I just said, Ty, uh, good point on that, Darnell, for bringing that up, too. But uh, just like to add also, man, um, Chris Paul, he's probably coming into this game. He's playing his old team. Uh, probably really wanted to get that win bad, but they got their ass tore up from the floor up. So, and uh, with the for trash. The second time. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, this with that whole issue, man, if they were winning and they were trash talking and back and forth and if, if the Clippers were trash talking to them, but the Houston Rockets were winning, it probably wouldn't have been that big of a deal. But if you did take that L twice, man, especially coming back to your uh, former place, uh, your former home where you balled out at, probably got to him real bad, man. So I think his emotions really uh, got to him in this game. Oh, yeah. I mean, it got to him, but just on the other side, like honestly, them them Clippers are like you are not going to come into our house and yeah. where, where you, you used to live here. You a visitor now, so yeah. like this this isn't your home anymore. And you know, the, apparently there's issues with Chris Paul and Doc Rivers, Chris Paul and Austin Rivers, Chris Paul and Blake Griffin, and all of it came to a head, and we see it now. Yeah. Now. uh Houston Rockets, uh, Trevor Reason and Gerald Green I got suspended two games uh, for this, but I don't think um, Chris Paul or Harden got suspended or Blake Griffin uh, got suspended anything. You think uh, Chris Paul should have got suspended too or what? It, I, I do uh, because basically they – the other two players, Gerald Green and Trevor Ariza, they would not have found their way into that locker room without the knowledge of one Chris Paul. Neither of them used to play for the Lakers yeah. or Clippers, so they don't know their way the bowels of, of, of the Staples Center. Yeah. So, yeah, I think Chris Paul should have been suspended because, like I said, they wouldn't have got in there if it wasn't him. He, he knows his way around there because he played there for years. So I do think that's a little bit of BS there. Yeah, I feel the exact same way, man. He was the guy that pretty much instigated the whole thing. And for him to not uh, get a suspension or anything like that, um, you know, I think that's just bad. Uh, I mean, maybe a fine, maybe not a suspension. I mean, for me, the, the worst part would be, you know, the after the game, sneaking through the tunnels kind of stuff. You know, trying to get into the other locker room. I don't know that that really warrants a actual suspension, just because you know there's no report that he, there was any big altercations afterwards. But you know, I if a fine came down, I'd be okay with it. But I, I don't know that a suspension is, is uh, necessary. Yeah. Even with, I mean, Green and Ariza. Uh, getting it, you don't think yeah. he? Because I mean, he kind of like led the whole. Well, yeah, no, I mean, you're right. He he did lead it all, but you know, it also comes down to who are people paying to see? Who do people want to see on the floor? I don't think people care that Trevor Reese is on the floor. Uh, people care if Chris Paul's on the floor, uh, and if the NBA is wanting to make make money, I don't think you're going to suspend him. Yeah, true. And I just want to point out, I really don't know why it was a question about any of the Clippers players getting suspended because yeah. they were sitting in their own locker room. Yeah, like, sure. What, yeah. what are you going to suspend them for? <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 So, and just say, too, man, man, out of all the uh, sports um, out there, man, I think uh, NBA has the most softest players uh, out of all the guys in sports. So, um you know, they they have talked that talk, man, but I don't really think these guys, a lot of those guys are about that life. Uh, in today's age, you know, we don't have any Charles Oakleys or anything like that out there now. But Yeah, for the, for the most part, NBA players, is, is, they're selling a lot of wolf tickets out there. There's, yeah. there's just a lot of talk. <laughs> yeah. but, I mean, it, it's a couple that people know who not to really go after and, and say something like that's why you don't see too many people walking up on boogie or zach randolph yeah. there are certain ones and truth be told isaiah thomas is a little one that will usually it's some little fellas that have had to represent their whole lives they'll go after you it's, yeah. it's a couple <laughs> that'll fight but yeah. yeah for the most part it's, it's a lot of talk in the nba yeah 
All right, guys. Um, also this week, man, there have been people questioning the Cavs. Um, some people were even saying that they don't even think they can make it to the finals. I know Charles Barkley said that, um, there were people, uh, saying that they would get swept by a Golden State if they were to meet, um, meet up in the finals. But yeah, a whole lot of people were saying that they don't believe the Cavs can make it to the finals, uh, just based on their performance. They would have to get a nice little trade or something like that to help, uh, boost the team up. But what do you guys thoughts on people saying that y'all think that there's still the team to beat in the East or you think somebody else can take their spot or what? How you guys feeling about the Cavs? They're not, they're not looking like the team to beat. That's for yeah. sure. I mean, blowing 25 point leads, losing eight of 10. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Boston is the team to beat right now. And that's just solely based on, the eye test it's what we're is what we're seeing uh it's the lebron james show and nobody else uh unfortunately for lebron you know he's getting getting no help and and we are seeing you know not having kyrie irving being a kryptonite for him yeah yeah, I know a lot of people want to make comparisons to last year with how bad the Cavs looked at certain points of the year last year and how bad defensively uh, they looked. And But, of course, they turned it on in the playoffs and made it straight through and got back to the finals. This is not the exact same team as last year. Yeah, It's an older team than last year. Uh, and their, their second best scoring option, I guess, uh, I'm not sure if I can go second best player for sure with with it over uh, Kevin Love, but he's more of a defensive liability than Kyrie was. Mm-hmm. So there's some issues that I'm not sure they're going to be able to fix without making some kind of big splash come uh, trade deadline next month. Yeah, I know. <clears throat> I know a lot of people were hoping for maybe uh Boogie going on the market uh coming towards that that trade deadline, but since the Pelicans seem to be in the playoff hunt, I don't think that's gonna happen. Uh I was uh it seems like it's it's interesting you brought that up too. Like before we started, I was looking at an article saying they could possibly they should try to get uh Anthony Davis to go to the uh Cavaliers too. So um Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, one one or the other I know a lot of people were looking at that, but it seems like those two bigs are starting to figure some things out. Yeah. And they're they're in a hunt to make it to the playoffs, which people were questioning whether they would be able to do that. If they were if they were sitting at an eight or a nine seed trying to fight their way in and it was a question mark versus them being at what I think there's six seed right now or five, something like that, maybe it would be a question. Uh, but I'm not sure that that's going to be available. And for what the what Cleveland will have to give up to get him, yeah, I'm assuming that that, that yeah. unprotected Brooklyn pick and probably Kevin Love and maybe a couple other pieces, honestly. Mm-hmm. And that's still to not for sure guarantee that they'd have LeBron next year. Yeah, so. Mm-hmm. A lot of questions with this team. They they may just be hoarding their two draft picks that they have for next year to reset. Uh, but but yeah, I'm I'm becoming increasingly doubtful that they make it to the finals. Like I already mm-hmm. don't give them a shot mm. if they do go play Golden State. If they okay. play Golden oh, State, if they they, play Golden. They, oh yeah, yeah, they're getting, they're getting smashed. But yeah. oh, oh yeah. it's it's I'm starting to become doubtful that they even. Get to Golden State now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it's really hard to watch uh, watch Cleveland right now and just think they are the best team to compete with Golden State. It's it's just I, I it would be done in five at the most. Um, let me ask you guys this too, uh, because there's been reports that a lot of these, well, some of the Cavs players, um, are quite frankly, uh, kind of fed up a little bit with LeBron. Um, there was this report coming out saying that they feel as if he's trying to pad up his assist numbers, um, this year that he's holding on to the, the ball 
a little too much uh, to try to get an assist. Um, just kind of disappointed in his play um, and everything like that. Um, just what do you guys feel about that? Uh, I mean, I guess the players can feel how they feel about it, but <laughs> if this guy's not on your team, you're terrible. So <laughs> that's, that's about all I can say there. I mean, okay, be fed up. I think this is just they know this might be their last year with him. So maybe they're fixing themselves not to to be mad for next year and give, yeah. give themselves some extra reasons to – be happy with him leaving. I don't know, but yeah, yeah uh, LeBron basically they should allow him to do whatever he wants because he's the only reason they've been to all these finals and he's the reason that they win as much as they do. Yeah. If they had anybody else and Kevin Love and IIT doing things, yeah, they might make the playoffs with the talent they got, but they're not sniffing the finals. So, yeah. I guess be mad if you want. I can agree with that. How you feeling, Ty? You the same boat? I mean... We are seeing a little bit of an uptick in LeBron's assists per game. His career average is 7.1. He's averaging 8.8 right now, but he's still averaging 27 points a game. So I don't know what more they want him to do. Yeah. Like, you, you're either, I mean, he's still right on par with his career average for points, and he's getting more assists. So that means other players are scoring a little bit more too. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't really know why we're why we're even arguing about it. Yeah. I agree. And just to think of it, man, uh, two like point guards, the guys that are really supposed to be the ball handlers, uh, Rose and IT, they both been out for a while now, uh, leading up to this. Yeah. Uh, so he had to step his game up in terms of just ball handling, uh, more. So mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know what's the problem with that whole issue. You know, if LeBron's on my team, he can hold the ball as long as he wants. So yeah. All right, guys, now just to close this out um, for the NBA, um, just are there any players uh, surprising you so far this season? Uh, I mean, I guess not really surprising, but. What about Lou Will, man? Because of the situation. You said what? Huh? I saw, no, I was about to say, say, what about Lou Will? He's kind of surprised me a little bit. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, he's been playing well. I mean, I, I was still going to go to an all-star caliber player, but uh, Kyrie, has, mm. he surprised me a good bit, especially like I thought after Hayward went down game one that they were going to play. He was going to put up a lot of points, but I didn't think Boston would be winning. Yeah. Uh, but he's played pretty much out of his mind for the most part. He's been more of a willing defender than I'm used to seeing. Uh, so. I got to give him a nod there. Okay. Yeah, I'll completely agree. Uh, Another player, I'll I'll actually stick with the Celtics, uh, but uh, Jason Tatum. uh, I've been very very impressed with him. I know a lot of the rookie talk, you know, you're still getting a lot of Lonzo, getting a lot of Ben Simmons, but Jason Tatum's been very impressive, uh, along with Kyle Kuzma, two, two rookies that I've been very impressed with. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those would be two that have definitely caught my eye and making the NBA looking fun for the next, you know, eight, 10 years or however long they decide to stick around. Yeah. Uh, one guy that I think, uh, needs to be talked about a little bit more in the rookie, um, discussion, um, is Lori marketing, um, Chicago bulls, um, you know, not Coming into uh, the season, I don't really think a lot of people had uh, high expectations. High expectations for this team, uh, but Laurie's been balling out there, man. He's been mm-hmm. getting the opportunity that he's been given. He's been excelling at it um, so far. So, very pleased with him. I did not think uh, he was going to turn out to be um, as good as he is right now, but he's taking advantage of the opportunity and he's playing well right now. So, uh, Lloyd Markin is a guy to, uh, for me too right now. Yeah, I wanted the Pistons to get him. Yeah. And then when I realized we didn't have a chance, <laughs> that sucked. Yeah. 
All right, guys. Uh, anything else uh, to add for the NBA? Nope. Uh, just say two, man. I, I was rooting for him uh, to get first place in the All Star. Um, but uh, GA, um, I take I take mm. Um He's he's been having a spectacular year, man. I was rooting for him to get it over LeBron, but uh, LeBron, being LeBron, he passed him um, in the voting. But um, guy spectacular, man. I'm just really looking forward to just see this guy some more. Um, down the road, uh, just getting getting better year after year, man. And just giving it his all on that court. So, shout out to him. But all right, guys, we're about to shift over to the NFL. Um, NFL could have a very interesting Super Bowl this year, man. It could be oh. some teams. <laughs> you mean by yeah. terrible? <laughs> yeah, who wants to watch Philly Jacksonville? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this could be very interesting, man. Um, we'll get into these uh, games uh, this week, uh, really soon uh, for this week. But uh, let's just talk about last week's games um, first, man. Just what were you guys' thoughts on last week? Holy Jacksonville. <laughs> uh, they throw up what? Like less than 20 points against Buffalo and they put a 45 spot on Pittsburgh? Like, really? Yeah. Uh, they actually controlled that game for just about all of it until it got close there in the fourth. They they had complete control of that game. Uh, Jacksonville, big, big, big surprise. Uh, Leonard Fournette carried them uh, first half for sure. Um, dude's been a, a beast all year, so no surprise he's still doing it now. Um, you know, so uh, I guess we'll start with that game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean as far as that one goes, Jacksonville you, you would expect it, them to if you if you heard Jacksonville was beating the Steelers, you thought it was going to be like a 17-10 game and they just completely mm. locked up the Steelers, but they won a game that was in the 40s. So, yeah, that was shocking to see. Oh yeah. They yeah, like like you said, Ty Fournette was crazy at the beginning of the game, and then mm-hmm. they they let Bortles look like a a real a reasonable quarterback. Yeah. Uh, they they didn't put enough pressure on him. He hit nope. people downfield. Oh, yeah. Hit some long passes on him. Uh, my hats off to Jacksonville. Oh yeah, uh, they they played a, they played a great game. Uh, oh, yeah. They're feeling confident. They're talking trash about the Patriots now. So I, I'm interested. Yeah. Now, what about Philly and Atlanta? Tough game. Yeah. Tough game. Uh, I don't think I expected one. I I, I didn't expect all of Philly's points to come from their kicker. Um, (laughs) He earned his paycheck for sure. But their their defense played their defense won them that game on unbelievable effort. Uh, they stopped, you know, every facet of what Atlanta wanted to do. Um, yeah. Freeman scored a touchdown, but it's not like he was doing a whole lot. He just got loose on a, well, what kind of seemed to be a little bit of a broken play and just found a pocket right in the middle and got the pass. But yeah, Ryan couldn't do anything. Julio couldn't really get it going. He had a couple nice gains, but just couldn't really get it going. And then, um, you know, it was a defensive battle. Yeah, uh, definitely. Also, not a game how you expect it to be. No, uh, this is the one I expected to be 40-something, 40-something. Yeah, but uh, then you, Atlanta, that offense, I, I can't believe they retained Sarkeesian, honestly. Oh, yeah. Uh, the offense has been rough all year. They never seem to put it together. Matt Ryan took a big step back from last year from an MVP season and just uh, just kind of rough to see. But, yeah, other shocking result, you got Nick Foles going to a conference fi- uh, championship game. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, do we need to spend a lot of time on Tennessee and New England? Nope. All I'm going to say is the Patriots yeah. were the Patriots. <laughs> yep. That one, that's the one that went as expected. Yep. Next. 
All right. Uh, now, uh, to finish last week off, NOLA versus Minnesota. Uh, thoughts on that one, guys? Wow. <laughs> one for the ages. Unbelievable. I, I, I just really want to talk about that last play, so I'll just do this. Go ahead, man. I, I, was, I was surprised it took New Orleans so long to get going. Um, they really couldn't find anything against that Minnesota defense. Granted, you're on the road. I get it. You're always about a half step slower on the road. But I, I was surprised that they legitimately couldn't get anything going run or pass for about two and a half quarters. That was that was surprising to me. Yeah, I mean, uh, Minnesota, they, they're the number two defense after Jacksonville, so... I guess that wasn't shocking, but seeing Drew, Ble- Drew Brees be terrible in the first half and then the second half, all of a sudden, he was Drew Brees. Yeah. So that was fun to watch, but then, yeah, but they, you figured you figured New Orleans had the game won after they marched their way down and get that last score, and then mm. then you have – a mi- well, I can't even call it a miracle. You have the worst missed tackle in the history of sports happening. <laughs> okay, can 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 you that? guys? Yeah. Can, can can you guys explain to me why you're not playing a true prevent defense? Why do you not have four guys on the goal line? The old. I granted. I I get it. With ten seconds, you can catch a pass go right out of bounds but wouldn't you rather take your chance making them kick a 40-yard field goal than blowing coverage wouldn't you rather take the chance on that than trying to basically make a play on the ball i guess i I might feel like that if it was actually blown coverage but the play call was perfect no i'm i'm definitely i'm not just tackled in bounds with very little time to try to get set up to kick a field goal yeah, I, I, I mean, I am, I am not disagreeing. Where, where my issue lies, and granted, it's always easier outside of the situation. But the dude's trying to make the tackle when all he has to do is let Stephon Diggs kind of just land. Well, that was the thing. That's I don't my, get it. That's my issue. Why do you go with your head down trying to like always take talk, man? Uh, yeah, and and right. that's. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Wrap him up. Yeah, oh, wrap okay. him up. Yeah, could have caught yeah. him and laid him down like exactly. a baby. Exactly. <laughs> and, and and I guess and I guess that's why I'm so confused is because the one guy that tries to make the big play there was your last chance. Mm-hmm. Like I still don't know why you don't have three guys behind the ball. But I, 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 I don't know. It, it was. It was almost, uh, it, it's unexplainable. The whole the whole thing is, I mean, it, it was a great pass from Case Keenum. It was a great catch by Stefan Diggs. It was a terrible decision by the defender. And it added up to a victory. I mean, all of it was almost unexplainable. Had had no clue what I what I saw. It was it that that was one of those moments where it was literally breathtaking. If you weren't in a little bit of shock and disbelief, you had no interest in the game at all. Hmm. Oh yeah. All right, guys. Um, anything else to add for last week? Yeah, this poor kid that hmm. missed that attack. Yeah. yeah. He'll see it forever. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, let's get right into this week. Um, let's let's touch on uh, Minnesota and Philly first. Um, got the game uh, twenty first uh, six forty Minnesota. They uh, have a minus three for the spread. Um, just what do you think about this game, guys? I think this is pretty much the perfect matchup for Minnesota. They have a, yeah. a backup quarterback that they don't, they haven't been having him push the push the issue to try to get the ball downfield. Uh, Minnesota can stop the run. They they're just a tough defense overall. I, I just think this game is tailor made for them to waltz into a Super Bowl mm-hmm. in their own stadium. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, which is actually what I'm kind of cheering for. I mean, we haven't seen it before. It would be unbelievable for the city of Minneapolis. Uh, I think it'd be fantastic to see as a fan of football. But uh, yeah, I, I'm right. I'm right with Darnell. We're looking at a at a complete defense here, uh, a, a defense that can stop the run, that can stop the pass. They are the real deal. I mean, uh, Case Keenum's even proving to be. You know, not a not a stud top tier elite quarterback, but definitely a very serviceable, can make all the throws kind of guy. Um, I mean, I think he's kind of showing he's a step above the Alex Smith, a step above. Um, now I'm now I'm drawing a blank, but basically all those check down quarterbacks, he's looking to be potentially in that like mid-tier of of quarterbacks just based on a lot of the throws we've seen him make this season. Uh, interesting to think he is basically Minnesota's third option behind well, Bridgewater at the time and then Bradford. Uh, but uh, Minnesota's the complete team here. We, we still haven't seen much out of Philly since Nick Foles' first game when he threw, I think he threw, what, four touchdowns in his first game this season? And then it's been really nothing since, and they've been relying on that defense. So this one could very, very well be a 17-10, type game. Uh, but it's it's going to be interesting for Minnesota being on the road I I think that helps Philly more than more than I think people are going to realize. Uh, but um, that's why you're thankful you're the number one seed if you have to go to a backup quarterback. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else to add for this game, guys? Uh-uh. All right. Nope. Uh, you both have Minnesota. Uh, winning this one, correct? You think Minnesota's going to advance? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. All right. Okay. Up next, um, Jacksonville versus New England. Um, thoughts on this game, guys? Uh, New England are favored uh, minus eight and a half for the spread. I mean, spread sounds about right. I guess just looking at mm-hmm. the uh, this comes down to can Jacksonville get a good pass rush? That's their shot. Mm-hmm. If they mm-hmm. can. They can get in and start knocking Brady around early. They they have a shot to win this. And, well, and they need Bortles to. I'm not saying he has to do what he did last week against uh, Pittsburgh, but he has to. He he has to be mistake free. He can't give the ball away. Uh, they have to be able to ride ride for a net and still get a couple good throws out of him if he can. Mm-hmm. Hit one or two, maybe twenty yard passes to get them in scoring position, then they have a shot at winning this game. And I, I do think Jacksonville has a decent shot at winning this game just because of how that defense is built. Yep. Uh that front seven is nasty. Uh Calais Campbell is ridiculous. So if, if they can start getting pressure and get to to Brady, it, it could be a long day for the Patriots, but I mean, yeah. just, just if I have to base it on the quarterback play, then I guess I'm still leaning a little bit Patriots. All right. Yeah, I'm going to lean on the Patriots solely based on the experience factor, the Tom Brady factor. Um, I don't necessarily want to say the Bill Belichick factor because it's not like he's, you know, doing crazy things, you know, no kind of tricks or anything like that. It's just straight up we're going to beat you football. But um, I definitely think that the experience factor here, head coach, experience, quarterback, experience, everybody really for the Patriots, uh, that, that'll be big in Foxborough, tough place to win. Um, yeah, definitely like the Patriots here, but I think Darnell said it, they got Jacksonville's got to get to Brady. They got to force a couple turnovers. Uh, they got to play some field position with, with the Patriots. Because uh, I, I don't, I will not like Jacksonville's chances if they're starting every every possession from their twenty or inside. Uh, they they gotta you know force a couple turnovers near the midfield. They gotta force a couple turnovers in the Patriots' end. Uh, if I, I just don't see them constantly having to go eighty yards 
it, it just won't happen. As to where if you need Brady to go 80 yards, I'd almost put money on it. Uh, but yeah, just it's got to be a game of field position. It's got to be a game of turnovers, uh, not a game of ball possession for for Jacksonville. Right. So both of you guys have the Pats uh, winning this one, right? Yep. Pats win, but Jacksonville covers. All right. Ooh, love it. Okay. I, I'm, I'm going to go for the Super Bowl, man. No one really expected, man. Give me uh, Jacksonville and Minnesota. So, Do you mean one of the least watched Super Bowls? <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. The only thing worse than that's Philly and Jacksonville. Yeah. That, if it's if it's Philly, Jacksonville, I guess, granted, even if it's if it's anybody but the Patriots, will it be the worst quarterback matchup in Super Bowl history? Mm. Pretty much. It would have yeah. to be. I would think so, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, no disrespect to any of those guys, but it's what it is. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Um, anything else to add for NFL or anything else? Tom Brady, please make it to the Super Bowl so we can at least have a topic of discussion. <laughs> oh, man. A sixth, a sixth ring would be huge, though. Yeah. In the NFL. Now, yeah, because right now yeah. he's he's tied with uh, Montana right now, right? Yeah, Montana has the record percentage, yeah. but Brady's tied with him on the on the ring factor. I just don't want to have to talk about Blake Bortles in a Super Bowl. <laughs> the the Lions fan inside of me cries at the thought. Oh man, I hear you. It's unbelievable. All right, anything to add to that, Darnell? Uh-uh. All right. Basically took the cake, Ty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, All right, guys. As always, I appreciate you guys for checking us out. Uh, you can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, SoundCloud. Just hit us up in that search engine. Also, feel free to check us out on Twitter at DKM underscore cast. We'll catch you guys on the next episode, man. See what the Super Bowl will be looking like and everything. So, Peace.